Chapter 4 King's Cross Station was only a short distance from the church, so Paddy got swiftly back on track in his pursuit of Pigeon Paradise. He had left the graveyard a little bit spooked. Paddy wasn't sure if the crows from the church had been malicious or strangely charming. He couldn't tell. They sure joked a lot, but was it at Paddy's expense? And the way the Morrigan disappeared, it must have been some sort of dark magic. It was terrifying, but thrilling at the same time. He couldn't wait to tell his mum what he'd seen. Not, of course, before visiting the famous Trafalgar Square. All he had to remember was King's Cross to Charing Cross, and voila! Paddy knew it'd be safer to fly there, as per the old, po- old crow's instructions. But Paddy's mum was so daring in her job, why couldn't he be too? He simply had to take the tube, to prove something to himself more than anything. Paddy headed out through the church gates and trotted on down Midland Road towards the station, carefully sticking to the pavement. Flying up onto a street lamp for a better vantage point, he was able to see the grand red brick exterior of the Renaissance Hotel, as described by the crows. Thankfully, he was going in the right direction. And once he got closer, he saw signs for the train station. This really was proving to be as straightforward as the young crows suggested. Paddy felt a surge of confidence as he saw several underground signs in the famous red and blue signage. He no longer felt like the lowly bird he looked. So, at that point, he pretended he was a majestic golden eagle soaring over the tip of the London skyline. In one swoop, he glided the final 50 metres to one of the station entrances. Then he tottered inside. Upon entering, Paddy was awestruck by the cavernous glass roofs and towering windows. It was staggering. The huge clock high up on the rear wall read 10.30. It was a giant reminder that he had plenty of time to get to Trafalgar and home before the end of the day. He was brimming with optimism, until he got lost. During Paddy's brief eagle soar, he'd noticed a number of entrances. But which entrance corresponded to which station? There were at least three King's Cross stations close by. He had just tried the closest one. He assumed any entrance would be good. The fear began to set back in. Waddling about, searching for the Victoria Line entrance, Paddy was sucked into the enormity of King's Cross Station. The interior of the building seemed to be endlessly expanding above him, and the glass shapes of the walls and ceilings appeared to swivel and interlock like a kaleidoscope. He was stuck inside a moving puzzle, a Rubik's Cube of epic proportions. Paddy's mind wandered. He resorted to pecking up flaky bits of croissant before being drawn to a bizarre luggage trolley half stuck into the wall. Luggage trolleys were designed to be moved around, he thought. This one was wedged into the brickwork. He'd never seen anything like it. And it had a platform number above. Nine and three quarters. How strange. All the other platform numbers were whole numbers. Maybe this train only took you three quarters of the way there. He suspected it wouldn't be the right train to anywhere. But he temporarily felt safe here like it would be a good place to get his bearings. 
On top of the trolley, there was a white owl in a cage. So Paddy thought that birds would be welcome. But not long after he had perched, though, a little boy came over and shooed him away, shouting, Go away, Pidgey. I just want a photo with Hedwig, not you. Paddy didn't really understand human speak, but he was used to being made subordinate to birds of prey. Owls were higher up the food chain, after all. Paddy narrowly avoided the child's swiping hand and scurried off into the station concourse. He kept his head down and kept moving, hoping that the Victoria line would magically reveal itself to him. Maybe the Morrigan's powers of courage would show him the way. He couldn't see a sign for Charing Cross, nor for the Victoria line, or the Bakerloo. Nothing even for the Tube now. Instead, just names for destinations he'd never heard of. Gare du Nord, Lyon, Brussels. Out of nowhere, he arrived at the foot of a huge blue billboard. It read, A short hop from King's Cross, and voila! Paddy couldn't believe his luck. He said to himself, It's just like the crows said, King's Cross to Charing Cross, and voila! This must be the direct train to Charing Cross. He walked beneath the sign and found himself at the back of a long human queue. He was convinced this was the queue for paradise. Unfortunately, waiting in line would mean that people and bags would tower above him. It was agitating for Paddy, to say the least. The advantage of being a pigeon, though, is that one doesn't have to wait in line. Paddy soared over the crowds of people and instantly felt calmer. He came to perch on one of the station's steel roof beams, high up above the queue, for a true bird's eye view. He looked down. A meandering stream of people were being funnelled into the train. Paddy decided he would wait until the very last person boarded. He couldn't be seen by the guards, of course. Trafalgar was a popular destination, but Paddy couldn't help but ask himself, was it possible that this many people were going there? And what were they all doing with all their bags? A few minutes passed, and now Paddy was starting to question the young crows, who told him to take the train. They said he'd be there in ten minutes flat. It'd been ten minutes already. Paddy held his nerve a little longer as the people below continued boarding. As the final person set foot on the train, Paddy shut out the doubts in his head and swept down to the platform. Being in a hurry, his landing was clumsy, somewhat less graceful than his eagle-esque approach of before. But that didn't matter now. Paddy stared up at the giant open train doorway ahead of him. Everybody was seated, and the guards had their, back, their backs turned. This was his moment. Paddy puffed his chest up and said to himself, Become your own bird. Without thinking, he hopped up onto the ledge and shuffled his way in. He couldn't believe his own bravery. Were the Morrigan's powers of courage guiding him? Quite possibly. Paddy was standing, alone, between two cabins, which were filled with people. Luckily, there were doors between him and the cabins, which had closed, so this shut him off from view of the passengers. There was some luggage stacked in the corner. Paddy took cover behind it and positioned himself neatly between a bag and the wall behind him so nobody would have any idea he was there. 
Paddy exhaled with a sigh and closed his eyes. He was in. He was perfectly concealed. All he had to do was keep his eyes closed for probably less than ten minutes and he'd be in Trafalgar. The doors closed and locked with an irrevocable clench. Some undecipherable human speak came out from the speaker system. Excitement bubbled up from the pit of Paddy's stomach and exploded through his entire body. Paradise was close. As long as he stayed calm, he'd be fine. He was out of sight, out of mind. Unfortunately, pigeons being restless creatures, he couldn't stay still for long. Paddy remained mostly hidden, but popped his head up above the, the suitcase that was giving him cover. In typical bird fashion, he jerked his head left and right, eagerly looking for something shiny or attention-grabbing. The only thing that looked remotely interesting was a poster, stuck to one of the inside walls of the train. It looked remarkably similar to the billboard he'd seen in the station. However, it contained some extra information. It read, Welcome aboard this Eurostar train. A short hop from King's Cross, and voila, you're in Paris, Gare du Nord. Journey time is approximately 2 hours and 16 minutes. Refreshments will be available to purchase from the onboard trolley. We hope you enjoy your journey to the city of love. Paddy's eyes popped. Eurostar. Two hours and 16 minutes. Paris. Freshments? He said to himself breathlessly. Paddy instinctively stumbled out of his hiding place and toppled onto the floor. In a blistering panic, he threw himself with all his might into the train's full-length glass doors that had just closed behind him, hoping he would fly straight through them and back into the open air towards Trafalgar. With a dull thud, he bounced right off the glass and grimaced as he landed on his backside. He was sat with his legs splaying outwards, the way a toddler does after she's attempted to stand and fallen backwards. Paddy looked up at the window, oceans of tears cascading from his eyes. Slowly at first, the train heaved itself forwards, pulling away from King's Cross, from London, from home.